What a beautiful looking crowd today. So glad to see you in the Lord's house this morning. Delighted that you have chosen today to celebrate your mothers with us here at Spirit Life Church. Hopefully, you were able to get by this morning and uh, share some muffins with your mom. I know there was a little bit of confusion because for some reason the men thought they weren't welcome. Listen, if you drove them here and if you provided a way for them to get here, you should have gone back and got a muffin or two. I I felt especially anointed to eat two muffins this morning. I had a blueberry and I had a peach cobbler muffin. And so uh, we, we appreciate the ladies who put them all together. And uh, I, I just, I don't see them. I wanted to take a moment and give special recognition to, to the three ladies that I'm aware of that work together on this. They're not here. I don't see them. But I'm going to mention their names to you anyway so that you can go by and express your gratitude. But Nita Cox spent Friday and Saturday home baking all of these muffins. And she did it. These, these are not something that you can buy at the store. These were made with love. And Nita did that. And then Becca and Tiffany both were involved in the setup and the preparation. And probably they're back there cleaning up and straightening up now. But when you see them, just go by and give them a good thank you for all the work that they did this morning. Also, don't forget to go by and get your picture made. And please do it as quickly as you can when church is over because that background is, um, is giving us problems. It, I have found it in the floor on two occasions now. For whatever reasons, it seems to be releasing itself from the bondage of the wall and keeps falling down. So if I were you, I'd hurry up and get back there whenever church is over and get your pictures made. And uh, I've already seen some posted on Facebook, and they look really nice. And so uh, please take an opportunity and do that. So we should have some tickets here somewhere. I don't know who has the corresponding tickets. Do you have those, Joyce? Uh, would, Would you bring those up here? And we're going to draw out three numbers, and we're going to give these beautiful flowers to three ugly ladies. No, I... Three beautiful, beautiful ladies this morning. I just want to see if you were paying attention. You know how I am. And so, I don't want to be blamed for whoever the winner is. And so, I need Alex to come up here if he would. And we're going to, we're going to let him draw the first one out. Are you ready? Now, you have to read the number on your ticket, the corresponding ticket that you have And if you have the matching number, come up and get the first flower. Here we go, Alex. All right. Who is it? All right. (laughs) Kathy. Oops. You got it? Go ahead. Since you're giving them away, I'm going to let you draw the next one, too. You're such a... That's true. That's true. You are certainly not. All right. Who's next? Are you ready? Here we go. 
397-1039. Who is it? All right. This is a, this is a, a visitor with us today. Is it? Oh, okay. You're just coming up to get the flower. I got you. This is Miss Brandy, though, by the way. She's visiting with us today. Welcome, Miss Brandy. All right. And then we have one more. Are you feeling nervous? Are, are your hands sweating, your palms sweating, anything like that? Uh, let me put half the crowd at ease. If you're a man, you are not going to win. So you can, you can just go ahead and count on that. So here we go. Last one. 3971027. Who's that? Oh, here she comes. All right. Here she comes, just a walking down the street, singing do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. How many of you remember that old song of the church? Praise the Lord. All right. Good. Thank you, Alex, for your help. Now, just for fun, let's do like we used to do the old-time church. We used to give flowers away differently. And the way that we did it is that we asked questions like this. Who is the youngest mother in the house today? We don't have any flowers for you. We just, we just want to play the game just for old time's sake. Who's the youngest? Anybody, let's say 20 years of age. Let's start there. Is anybody younger than 20? Younger than 25? Younger than 30? All right. Do we have just the one? One in the back? Stand up and take a bow. Woo! Congratulations. And then we would always ask, who is the oldest mother in the house? Now, this doesn't mean, what's that? By how you feel? No, no. Baby, this needs to be actual age, okay? Actual age. Let's start at 75. How many? We don't have any mothers that are over 75 today? There, I see one back there. All right, 80. All right, I see several hands still. 81. 82, 83, 84. Oh, I saw a lot of hands go down then. We still have one back here, 85. Is Peggy's hand up? Okay, 86. Still two hands, 87. 88. Peggy's hand still up. I can't see back there. All right, 87. All right, 87 years of age <coughs> gets the hand clap today. <coughs> All right, all right. Good deal. Well, we got several, though, though, right? All right, you can put your hands. Oh, we still got more than one hand? What? 88. 90? Who's 90? 
89? Whoo. And do we have a 90? All right, 89. That's great. Great, great, great. And we may have several that fit this category, and that is the mother who has the most children with you in the church building today. How many? Does anybody have five? Anybody? Four. Anybody have four? Three. And there's the magic number right there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the three in one. All right. We had a couple of, couple of mothers that raised their hand for three. All right. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate you mothers and all that you do. And I'd like to just take a moment and just say that whether you are a mother or not, you're a woman, we appreciate you, and we appreciate your contribution to this world, to this life, to the church. We love each and every one of you, and we realize that there are a whole host of situations and circumstances uh, that drive our lives and are part of our lives, but we are thankful for the women of our church, and we are grateful to you and all that you provide and all that you bring to the table. So if you're a woman today, we honor you, we thank you, and we want to give you a good round of applause right now. Church, will you join me? And let's do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for you. I've seen a lot of Facebook uh, posts and pictures, and I love my family. Don't you, don't you love your family? Aren't they, they're some of the greatest people in our lives. And I'm so grateful that we have good family members. Those of you who may be experiencing some kind of dysfunction in your life or family, listen, God loves you with an everlasting love. And he sees the pain that you may be carrying, and he is able to alleviate that pain through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So this morning I want to, uh, I realize that uh, Mother's Day is always one of those days uh, you're probably trying to get out of the house as quickly as you can today so that you can uh, take your family to go eat and spend some time together, and I recognize that. We've got several of our church members that are out of town today because Mama lives in a different town, and so they went to visit Mother today, but we're glad you're here. And so I want to uh, be like the chicken who laid the egg on the middle of the road. It said, he laid it in the middle of the road, she did, and she did it quick. So I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to lay the word of God on you today, and I'm going to try to do it as quickly as I can. But you know me, I don't make any promises when it comes to the clock. Amen. So let's talk about Mother's Day, and let's talk about women and the role uh, that you play in our lives and in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all of these wonderful lovely people that are here in the house today. I thank you, Lord, that they have chosen to come and honor their mothers and honor you with your, their presence in your house today. I pray that you will anoint me and allow me to say, Lord, what I have on my heart today that I believe came from you, and I pray that you will help me to say it in such a way that it will be effective. And I stand upon the promise of your word that declares that when you send your word forth, it will never return to you void, but shall always accomplish that 
which you have sent it forth to do. And I rest in that reality today in Jesus' name. Amen. I read something on Facebook this week that I thought was a, a good statement. And it simply said something to this effect. If you're trying to be a perfect mother, there is no possible way that you can pull that off. It's impossible to be a perfect mother. But it went on to say there are millions of ways that you can be a good mother. So today, the point of that is, is that there are no perfect mothers in this house this morning. But we are full today of mothers who have done wonderful and good things in the lives of their families. And so we want to honor you today. And I just want to share just a few thoughts. First of all, I want to talk about three realities of what it means to be a modern-day mother and then I'd like to finish up with three things that the rest of us to, can do to, to acknowledge your role in our lives. And so let's begin, first of all, by suggesting to you that if you want to be a good mother, the very first thing that you have to take care of is that you must be willing to seek God's kingdom first. It has to be the priority of your life. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, and I want Jared, if he would, to go ahead and put that passage of Scripture up on the screen because I want to read it from the CSB. Uh, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be provided for you. Now, do you know what all these things are? Have you read Matthew chapter 6 to discover what the things are that the writer is talking about? Well, if you haven't, just let me remind you that what he's talking about are just the very basics of life. He's saying don't worry about what you're going to eat and don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about the way that you look. Don't worry about the little things of life. Instead, he said, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those things shall be added into your life. Now, you might say to me, well, we all need to seek the kingdom of God first. And I would say to you, I agree 100%. We all should be God chasers. We should be chasing him in a passionate way, knowing that if we can catch up to God, all of the things of our lives will be taken care of. But I particularly want to say to you mothers today that if you're wanting to be a good mother and have an influence on your family and on your, your family's lives, the very first thing that you need to do is settle the issue with the Lord. You need to seek first the kingdom of God. In fact, if you haven't ever done that in your life, you need to do that right now. You see, I was raised in a church that said if you're going to repent and accept Jesus, 
You can't do it in your seat. You got to run to the altar and fall down and weep and cry and gnash your teeth and have somebody, three or four women come up behind you and smack the fire out of you while you're accepting Jesus. And, and you know what I found out as I grew up and matured in my faith? It is not about what you do in order to accept Christ. It is simply a recognition that Jesus is who he says he is that he has done what the scripture tells us he has done. And by believing that in your heart and confessing that with your mouth, you can be saved. You say, well, not me. You don't know me, pastor. You don't know what I've been through in my life. No, it doesn't matter. He will not deny you salvation. The scripture says he will in no wise cast you out. If you come to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sin, I guarantee you he will accept you and receive you and forgive you of your sins, insert your name into the Lamb's book of life, and secure your eternity in Christ Jesus. Now listen, that is a blessing that everybody here can experience. And you can do that right now. And you can do that in this moment by making up your mind that you need Jesus in your life. And as all we have already sang today, nothing else will satisfy. I keep going back to that over the last couple of weeks. Listen, this world has a lot to offer, and I'm glad to be a part of it, but nothing will satisfy your soul like being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to be a good mother? Accept Jesus into your life and let it flow out of you in such a way that your family recognizes that you are different because of Jesus. Now you say, why do I need to be a Christian or a, or a believer in order to be a good mother? Well, let me explain to you why this is the very first thing that you need to take note of. It's because... There are commands and promises in Scripture that cannot be adhered to or received until we are putting God first. In other words, there are blessings that God has for you, but you can only achieve those blessings once you have started pursuing Him. Let me give you an example. The Bible tells us, not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And yet, when we're thinking about getting married, when we're thinking about a dating relationship, when we're thinking about those things and what our life might look like, we often are more concerned with whether or not they look sexy or whether or not they speak kindly or whether or not they spend money on me or whether or not they're going to be successful. But let me explain to you, if Scripture says that we are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, what he's saying is, is that while that is not a sin that will prevent you from being with Jesus in eternity, it will open the door for very difficult circumstances in your life when faith issues begin to clash between the husband and the wife. So what God says in his word is, just don't do it. When you're thinking about getting married, find somebody who believes like you believe. 
Find someone who is a Christian. Someone who is not following Muhammad or Krishna or any of the others that I could mention today. Someone who believes that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life just like you do. Because if you will believe and have like faith, then your life will be much better when you choose someone who is in the faith with you. So seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek sexy. Don't seek those who look good. Don't, sit, uh, don't seek those uh, who smell good. All those things are good, but you need to make sure before anything else that they believe in Jesus Christ just like you do because it will make a difference not only in your being a wife, but it will make a huge difference in being a mother. Secondly, after you've dealt with that issue and you've secured your salvation and you've determined the pathway for life, and that is seeking Him first, the second thing, once you have children and once you have a family, is to teach them and train them in the ways of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Go ahead and throw it up there for me, Jared, if you will. So I can read it. It says, start a youth out on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. Now, I've been talking about this a lot lately too. Listen, as parents, as mothers, we have a responsibility to teach and train our children in the ways of the Lord. And so everything that we do should be training ground for our children. It must be with the desire to play a crucial part in shaping the spiritual and the moral foundation of our children. Now, I don't want to get into politics today, and I don't want to get into the ways of the world, but the truth of the matter is that much of the difficulty that we face in the world today is because parents in our generation did not take seriously their responsibility to train their children in the ways of the kingdom of God. We didn't want to teach our children morality. We didn't want to teach them the right ways to live. We wanted to teach them how to be successful. We wanted to teach them how to go to college and get deeply in debt, and be able to struggle to get a job that would pay the rent and do the things that need to be done. We wanted to teach our children how to be physically fit, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with our children being successful. But let me tell you something. We dropped the ball when we allowed them to start thinking things that were contrary to the teachings of Scripture. And as parents, we not only have a right, but we have a responsibility to redirect the thinking of our children so that it lines up with the Word of God. Let me just give you an example. We live in a world in a society today where more people struggle with indebtedness than in just about any other time in history. 
owe more money than sometimes they'll ever make in a lifetime. And do you know where that stems from? It stems from Christian parents and other parents who did not teach their children the importance of godly financial stewardship. We didn't teach them to pay their tithe. We didn't teach them to give. We didn't teach them to separate it out from the very beginning and give that to God and put it in His hands. We didn't teach them that God's way is to live on 90% of what you make and give God 10% because that 10% equals seed that is in the ground that God will bring up to fruition and cause you to be able to live better on 90% than you could ever live on 100%. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, this is Mother's Day. Redirect. No, I'm, I'm trying to say to you that if we don't train and teach our children in the ways of the kingdom of God, while they are young, trust me when I tell you, they will come to the age when they will not accept or listen to your training at that point in their lives. What if they come home from school and they're angry with someone because they were made fun of? So do we feed that? Well, I can't believe that they would, you know, rah, 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 and I hope that you gave them back just as good as they gave you and all that kind of thing. That is not the ways of the kingdom of God. The ways of the kingdom of God is to be patient, to forgive, to love people who are unlovable. Would you not agree that it's very easy to love people that are easy to love? I mean, I like to hang around with people like that. There are some people that it's just a joy to be with. Friday mornings at 9 o'clock, the Biscuit Boys get together at High Grove, and it's not hard at all to be in the back of that place and just visiting with the guys. And we just eat biscuits and gravy and pancakes and blueberries and, and bacon and sausage. Are you hungry yet? But you know what? As good as the food is, what I like most about it is just hanging out with brothers in Christ that are easy to hang around with. I love to hang around with people that are easy to hang around with and easy to love. I want my family to be able to be together without any kind of drama, without any kind of dysfunction. I want us to just be able to love one another and enjoy being in each other's presence. But do you know how that works? It works when mom and dad teach and train our children in the ways that they should go. Are you okay today? So, we must teach and train in the ways of the Lord. And then there's another thing. Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Help me, Jared, if you'll put that up there, I would appreciate it. Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 teaches us that we should love and nourish our, or excuse me, nurture our families so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. Next slide, if you will. To be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, 
And in, hold on now, in submission to their husbands so that, or the reason being is that God's word will not be slandered. Now what that means is, is that if we will do these things, then the God, God's word will not be considered untrue. Now, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here because I, I don't want to get in any fistfights when church is over or anything like that. But let me just remind you that God's word has spelled out how the family should function. And listen, I believe in mutual submission. I believe in all of those things. I believe that a husband should love his wife as Christ loved the church, even if that means giving his life for them. I believe all of that, but I also believe that there is a place in the family where only the mother can function effectively. And that is providing nurture and love to the family. I looked this up. Nurture means to provide spiritual, emotional, and physical nutrition. Say nutrition. For the body and the soul and the spirit. As a mother, it is your responsibility and you are anointed to provide what your children and your family need in every area of their life. Body, soul, and spirit. You can do it. You're anointed to do it. It is a primary responsibility of the mother. So I want to make sure that you understand that everything that you sow into the lives of your children, you're doing it to bring some form of nutrition into their lives. You're building them up. You're causing them to be stronger. Just like in the the world of nutrition, physical nutrition, there are certain things that we take into our body that will bring strength to us. There are things that we bring into our body that will make us unhealthy over the long run if we're not careful. And just as it is the responsibility of the mother to provide physical nutrition to their family, it is also the role of the mother to provide nutrition to their soul and to their spirit. Now, mothers, look at another mother in the room and say, you can do it with the Lord's help. So now that I've given you three primary functions of motherhood, let me speak to the rest of us today. Let me speak to you who are not mothers. Let me speak to you who have a mother that you are celebrating today. How can you do that? What are some ways that you can celebrate them on this day? The first is you can obey them and respect your mother. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 say, Children, obey your parents in the Lord because it is right. Let me just stop long enough to say, did, did you ever notice what this says? It says, Obey your parents in the Lord. 
Because it is right. Now, who do you think your parents in the Lord are? Well, it's people who have been serving the Lord and care about your soul who are part of the church. There are people in this house today that have a ton of spiritual wisdom that can share with you things that will be a blessing to you. It's our responsibility to listen to people. People who are elders of ours in the church. People who have walked a pathway that we haven't yet walked. People who know what they're talking about. People who can point to the stones that were erected in the River Jordan, if you will, and tell you what those stones mean. If I were to stop long enough to ask you to think about in your mind what Christian lady, what Christian man even, has made a huge impact upon your life? Who is it in this body that makes a difference to you just by their presence and just by their words and by their actions and by their attitudes. We all have people in our lives that they're not a part of our natural family, but they are part of our spiritual family who make a difference in our lives. And so it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And I remember several years ago, had a mentoring pastor who took me under his wings and was going to help me become the best pastor that I could be. His name was Jesse Wiggins. I don't know if you remember or ever knew Jesse Wiggins, but he pastored here in Kentucky for several years in the Corbin area. <clears throat> but prior to that, he pastored one of the leading churches in Illinois, in Bethalto, Illinois. And I remember I got my credential in the Church of God, and I went to the Church of God ministers meeting where you vote on the different matters of the church in the state, and this was my first opportunity to go and sit on the voting floor and to be able to say whatever I wanted to say. And in that meeting, I found a good spot where I could shoot my mouth off and say what I thought would be appropriate in that moment. I got up, dressed in my business suit. I went to the microphone that they'd put out on the floor. You're supposed to introduce yourself. I introduced myself. This is Pastor Rob Baker. I pastor the, the Brown Avenue Church of God in Galesburg, Illinois. And I'd like to say the following. And I hadn't gotten 10 words out of my mouth before Brother Wiggins reached up and grabbed my suit coat and he yanked my coat. And when I looked down at him, he said, shut up and sit down and do not speak. He said, I'll tell you when you are seasoned enough to speak on this floor. And later on, I thought, what did I say? All I had done was tell them who I am, what my name is, where I pastor. And I, he said, I asked him later, he said, I could just tell by the tone in your voice that you were getting ready to dig a hole that you were going to have a hard time getting out of. He said, so in the future, 
He said, you run it by me before you run it by anyone else. You know what I said? I said, yes, sir. Now, he was not my mother, but he was someone in the body of Christ who cared about me and wanted me to become the best that I could be. And so let me tell some of you older women something that you already know. You should be looking for opportunities to speak to some of these young mothers in our church and drop some spiritual hints and seeds into them that will help them when they are raising their children and nurturing their homes and their husbands and let them know that their primary responsibility is to love their husband and to love their children. Why? Because Scripture says, because this is right. Go to the next slide if you will, Jared. It says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What does the Bible say? Honor your parents because with that will come the promise of long life. So how many of you want to live a long time? Can I see your hands? Listen, eating carrots every day has nothing to do with it. Broccoli, I don't know. I'm just not a broccoli kind of man, you know what I mean? If it's crunchy, it just grosses me out. Can I get an amen from anybody? I just can't hardly eat crunchy broccoli. He said, well, put a little cheese on it. No, cheese and broccoli do not go together. I just don't like it. Now, if you'll get it real soft and put it in some potato soup, I'm in the game now. I'll eat it like that. There are some things that we eat thinking it's going to let me live forever. Let me tell you something that will help you live forever a whole lot longer than carrots and broccoli and Brussels sprouts. God, gag a maggot. I don't think I've ever said gag a maggot from the pulpit. You were here to witness the very first time that the pastor said gag a maggot in the pulpit. I mean, that stuff, they, they say it's healthy for you, but I don't. You know what's more healthy and will promise you a long life is being good to your parents, honoring them and respecting them the way that they should. The next thing that we need to learn to do is to express gratitude and appreciation. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 28 says, Her children rise up, say rise up, and call her what? Blessed. And her husband also praises her. I've read this scripture, I don't know, thousands of times through the years probably. I've read it, I've preached from it, I've talked about it. I discovered something this time in preparation for this message that I had never read or heard before, but it makes sense to me. Say rise up again. These words, rise up, are words that indicate a witness at a trial who is asked to come 
and put their hands on the Bible with the promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And once they do that and agree to that, they take the witness seat and then the attorneys can ask them any question that they want about the subject matter. Now what the writer of Proverbs is saying here is that a mother's children ought to be the ones who are willing to take the stand in defense of their mother. They are the ones who ought to take the stand and rise up and talk about the good and godly attributes of their mother. So here's my question to you. Are you faithful to that? Is there some kind of bone of contention that you have with your mother? Maybe your mother wasn't there for you. Maybe your mother wasn't in your home when you were small. Maybe your mother did not give you the kind of wisdom and knowledge and nurturing that you needed. And all these years you have dealt with some kind of root of bitterness against your mother because of her failures when you were young. Well, let me tell you, the scripture says that her children are to rise up and call her what? Blessed. Not the old wicked witch of the West. Not, you know, my mother was such a bad mother. My, my mother was a horrible cook. My mother never made a bed in her life. My mother couldn't keep a job no matter how hard she tried. My mother did not take care of my dad or help my dad or she couldn't whatever. All these negative things that can come to our mind doesn't really affect your mother and especially if she's already gone and dead the only person that you are hurting is yourself and so the bible says rise up take the witness stand speak the good things on their behalf let the world know that though my mother may not have been perfect remember what i started with it is impossible for any mother to be perfect. But there are millions of ways for a mother to be good. What good could you find in your mother? What good could you find in your father? Instead of putting them down and harboring bitterness against them, instead of that, forgive them. Let it go. When they call you to the witness stand to speak about your mother, do not let the enemy of your soul to convince you to tear them down and destroy their character. Instead, rise up and speak about how blessed they are and how blessed you are because of them. And if you don't mind to give me a little liberty, I want to extend this other family members I know I'm fully aware that some of you have dysfunctional families that you're a part of but listen and listen well you do not have to participate 
in the dysfunction. You get to make your own choices. So it doesn't matter if this one is angry with you or if that one is always putting themselves before everyone else in the family or this one is always controlling the conversation in the family or that one has never done a thing in their life to help me in any way. Well, you can chew on that and if you're not careful, you will get that in your spirit so deeply that you will live with bitterness in your heart. But you got to get rid of that bitterness. And the only way that I know that you can do that is to say, from this moment on, I'm going to forgive that individual and I'm going to move on in my life and believe that God will allow my family to break the family curse that has been on my family for all these years. In Jesus' name, today I'm calling victory over my household and my family and we're going to move forward in grace, mercy, and peace. Amen. You can do it. And then finally, I don't know who's going to help me quit, but somebody better. You need to provide for her needs. Have you ever wondered, what does mom need from me? What can I do for mom? You know, we grow up as children always expecting mom to do something for us. We want our parents to provide for us. Let me tell you something about getting older. Unless you work for some major company that's able to pay you a pension that will allow you to live extravagantly for the remainder of your life, most older people come to a place where they have to learn how to live differently than they did when they were younger. Most of them live on Social Security, and a few of them have pensions that they can draw from. But if all you have to do is read in the news to realize that many people in their retirement years often have just enough to get by on. I don't know how many times at the grocery stand I've watched older people as they're scanning their goods look at the total every time they scan something. And when they get to their cutoff point, they leave everything else in the cart, push it away. So why are you saying that? Well, because we raised up a generation that they want to, if I can say it this way, sponge off of mom and dad because mom and dad have already always come to their rescue. There comes a point in life when mom and dad can't always do that. And so you have to depend on the reality that you raised them to trust God, to pay their tithe, and when they get in a financial difficulty to say, God, I've paid my tithe. You said, I heard a wonderful message this week about a preacher saying you need to pray some you said prayers. I like that. 
He said, some of you are just praying your opinions. But what you need to learn to say is, Lord, you said. When you're sick in your body, you said that you'd be my divine healer. You said that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon us that we cannot contain if I would bring all of my tithe to the storehouse. You see, when you teach and train your children to do those things, then when your mom and dad or grandma or grandpa and your child or grandchild gets into a difficulty, you just sit back in the lazy boy recliner and say, God, you said you'd take care of them. They're tithers. And because they're tithers, they are under the cloud of blessing. And it's not my responsibility to bail them out. It's your responsibility to bless them in ways that I can't even imagine. But you know, there are times when we just need to call mom and say, what do you need today? What do you need from me? How can I help you? You want me to drive you here or drive you there or whatever the case may be? How can I help you, mom? Moms, many times, need our help. One last verse of Scripture found in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 4. It says, But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them learn to practice godliness toward their own family first and to repay their parents should I stop there or should I read the last four words? For this pleases God. How many of you would like to please God? Can I tell you that if we read this right, if there's a widow in your family, if your mother or grandmother, if they're widows, you just take care of them. And God will smile upon you. Amen? Before anything else, take care of your family. Put God first. And let God use you to take care of your family. Stand with me if you will. I'm proud of myself. I didn't scream and holler. I sweat a little bit. These lights are hot. But I'm thinking back over my sermon today, and I don't think I was mean one time. Praise God. Can you say amen? Way to go, Pastor. You're getting, you're getting soft in your old age. I don't, I don't know. I love my mom. There are days that I miss her and Donna's mom so much that it just hurts. And in my flesh, I think to myself, she was such a blessing to me, I wish she could just come back and be here with me. But you know, I wouldn't wish my mother back into this world for anything in the world. She's having the time of her life. She and dad used to like to sing.
Beulah Land, I'm longing for you. Her name was Beulah. And it dawned on me yesterday as I was putting her picture on my Facebook to say how much I appreciated her. Beulah is now living in Beulah Land and having the time of her life. So proud of my parents, so proud of my mom. She wasn't perfect. She's my mom, and she loved me better than my two sisters. That's in case they're watching on the live stream today. I just wanted to put that in there. Donna's mom, man, she's a good lady. She was, she was the church lady. You know what I mean? I'm so proud of my heritage. So proud of their legacy that is being lived on in our lives. Thankful for my parents. Now those of you who are still living it out, I want to encourage you. Put God first. And let your legacy be carried on through your, your kids, your grandkids, and let them look back on you one day and say, listen, if nobody else will rise up and speak about mom, I'll do it. Put me on the stand. What a woman she was. Speak about how blessed that you are because of your mom who came before you. Everybody in the house, come on down if you will. If you're visiting and if you're not comfortable with this, if you don't do this in your church, whatever, it's okay to hang out at your seat. Everybody else come. And what I'd like for you to do is get as close as you can to your family unit. If your mom's here, get close to her. If grandma's here, bring her down with you. And just get as close as you can get. Yours are in Florida, aren't they? Yeah. Mother's Day in Florida. What a life. Yeah. Hi, Joni. Come on down. The price is right. Now you're going to need to get a little closer because we're, we're having problems getting everybody in. Now I know that some of you don't like to hug and all that kind of stuff, but, but I'd like to have some kind of physical contact with your family. I mean... Just put your elbows close. If you'd rather hold hands, do that. However you want to do it, do it. I want them to feel your presence. There was nothing like when I was a little kid and got scared at night. There was nothing like my mom coming and sitting on the side of my bed and reaching over and patting me and saying, Son, it's going to be okay. Did you know that just your presence and your touch today can bring comfort like nothing else. I want you to pray for your family this morning. We're going to do that. And then when we say amen, I want you to just find a way to let your mother know how proud you are of her. Let her know. In whatever way you're comfortable with today, don't let her leave the house today. There's Becca, and there's Nita right there. Muffins. Where's Tiffany? Tiffany. Muffins, muffins, muffins galore. Woo! 
with any leftovers? Hallelujah. We don't normally have a Sunday night service, but we may need to have one tonight. Thank you, ladies, so much for what you did today. Pray for your family. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you right now. And I, I thank you for every family that is represented in this house today. We have some of the best people that you've, you've given them to us. You've placed them in this church. They, they are children of God. They, they are saved. They are sanctified. Many of them filled with the Spirit of God, called and anointed. Lord, I thank you for every one of them. I pray for those who may be dealing with physical limitations today. Be the healer on their behalf in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are dealing with anxiety and emotional difficulties. I pray, Lord, that you would allow them to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding as they trust you and believe for you. Those, Lord God, who have a spiritual need in their life, Maybe there's some today that they need to accept you as Lord and Savior. Let them do it today in Jesus' name. For those of, that have further spiritual issues and they may be fighting spiritual warfare today, I pray that you would release the angels of heaven on their behalf and let them guard them so that they will not even tap their toe and injury come to their spirit. Touch them, Lord, in a way that only you can. And Lord, I thank you for every one of these family members and all that you've done for them. In Jesus' name, bless them. Amen and amen. All right.